0: me. <laughs>
1: Good morning church. It's uh, good to know you're out there with us today. What, uh, it's been a good day, it's an interesting day so far and probably an interesting week for you as well throughout this week. Um, tell you what, we uh, got more snow than I was planning and up to our knees here at the church it took Eric, half an hour to walk from his house to the church. Uh, Jerry, I think, took out some of uh, your bushes in your yard. He couldn't find the road as he was driving in, <laughs> but he is, uh, we're glad to be here and be able to do this together. So this morning, um, I, I wanted to, uh, uh, I want to turn that down just a bit. Oh, so I'm, I'm not on. Okay. All right, I think we're I think we're on now. Um, we had some technical difficulties, but um, great to great to be with you this morning. Everything looked good at this point. Okay, great. Well, uh, again, uh, um, after a crazy week, after so much that's happening, I'm thankful that you're able to uh, at least be together with us this morning on. Uh, uh, through our digital communication, and uh, we, it was uh, more snow this morning than I ever expected. And I know that um, again, uh, Eric was—he took him a half an hour to walk in this morning. It took uh, uh, Jerry um, uh, getting through several people's backyards since he couldn't find the road uh, to get here. <laughs> and and uh, but anyway, uh, it was it was good, and it, we're glad to be able to be here and serve and uh, and just continue uh, to have this morning service regardless of what the weather is like outside. So I'm imagining right now that you're probably sitting down having a cup of coffee, maybe a scone or or something like that. Uh, And and today I just wanted to say I'm glad and thankful that uh, we are together. And so um, uh, as we begin today, Uh, I want to ask you um, uh, Just if you just take a moment Let's just pray together uh, Before we start Lord we thank you for this time together And uh, even through the uh, The the ups and downs of this week We thank you God That we can come together this time uh, Worshiping Even though we're distanced And in each home We're still here to worship you God And uh, we thank you Lord for your word that it transcends time and space. And we thank you also for the beauty of the snow. Keep people safe, I pray, Lord, uh, on the roads and, and uh, keep us warm and, uh, and keep our people healthy, I pray, God, in Jesus' name. And I pray also that you will just speak to us through the word today. And I pray, God, that you will make it real and alive to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, uh, this week, um, everything's still good? Okay, great this week uh, I, I, We had quite a few people that were uh, struggling with our with with health and, and and surgery, and I just want to kind of give you some updates, kind of just as a family we don 't al- often have this kind of a maybe a family time within your living room or kitchen wherever you find yourself and I want to just kind of give you some updates on some things that have been happening jeff 's slump uh, had surgery early this week and and uh, I spoke to him after the surgery was over. Things uh, went well, and uh, he sounded great. As a matter of fact, I think he was eating when I had spoke to him, and uh, uh, we are thankful for that. He's got a few weeks of recovery time, but so continue to pray for him, and and uh, we're thankful for Jeff and and Robin and Holly. Hello to you this morning. Also, um, wanted to share uh, with Bill Sipes. Uh, later this week. If you hadn't heard, he had a uh, heart attack and Um, wasn't even quite aware that it had happened but actually uh, as they did their procedure he told me that there was a hundred percent blockage in one of his arteries um, and uh, minimal but some some damage to his heart so be in prayer with him but I talked to him last night he sounded good he was in good spirits um, and uh, Cynthia um, even though she would much rather be right there by his side uh, with COVID and all the rules and the snow and everything else it just wasn't possible, but uh, keep them in your prayers. Also, Edith uh, Jackson, I uh, was able to be with her. I think it was late Tuesday, and uh, and she is in hospice right now. But I uh, was able to be by her side and just pray with her. Um, and it was a it is as odd as it may sound in some ways. It was a beautiful time. It was just her; she was sleeping, uh, but myself and the Lord and and uh, it was just a peace in that room as I spoke with uh, Kathy yesterday she said she's she's ready to meet the Lord and I, I it was no doubt in that room was we were praying and uh, and I know that either spirit was there communing with us that uh, God was present in that room so I I just want to say uh, uh, keep them in your prayers as well and Uh, Monty and Louise and Mike it was good to visit with you this week and see you all and uh, thankful for the time we had together Um, we miss you and looking forward to seeing you again here at the church Um, and uh, also uh, in the midst of all of that then we had some issues here at the church the the building as well the septic uh, I don't want to get into all that but it was uh, it was a it was not good. <laughs> we had frozen pipes and pumps that weren't working and th- tanks that were overfilling. But praise the Lord, uh, we did not have to replace any of the pumps. Uh, it could have been thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, but thankfully that did not happen. We still have a bill of a, uh, probably two to 3000 at least for um, pumping that tank as well as getting the... Uh, the lines on unfrozen on but uh, but with that being said we thank God that it wasn't worse than it was and as you uh, as you're giving of your tithes and offerings this week maybe think of that this week because uh, we're going to need a little extra to take care of those uh, those bills that are going to be coming in and by the way uh, thank th- you to uh, Tim Parkey and Timothy Edwards who donated some of their time and and, uh, and also uh, you know just were there right on the spot uh, to help us through this. And then of course this morning we are um, in the midst of Snowmageddon and so <laughs> we are enjoying though the beauty of God's creation even in all white. And so uh, but today um, uh, Again, thank you for being with me and uh, and for being together online worshiping the sermon this morning it's called the amen and i wasn 't sure as we were going through the process of what are we going to do if we're going to cancel or are we going to have the service uh, directions that I would take this uh, in this venue this morning but but i I want to start with an understanding of when we when we pray, uh, sometimes when we text each other and uh, when, we, when we talk together, you might hear each of us at times saying, uh, amen, you know, thank you, Lord. And, and one, sometimes I wonder, do we really know what it means when we say amen? Um, amen literally means, from its original translation, uh, may it be or so be it and uh, and sometimes when we pray and we're all together and I tell you guys here in this in this room um, and all God's people say and you say amen really what we're saying is so be it may it be so and and I want you to be reminded this morning even in the ups and downs of this week when we've experienced some things that uh, were you know kind of extraordinary um, in our lives and and with our health and even here with our building, I wanted you to know, number one, that uh, there are promises that we can hold to with a strong amen in scripture. Second Corinthians 1.20, it tells us this, it says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So in that verse from 2 Corinthians one twenty, we hear the words, yes and amen. And this morning, um, again, uh, I, the, the sermon I title is, yes and amen. And I want us, even though you're probably there, maybe in your lazy boy or at your uh, dining room table, wherever you find yourself, I want you to uh, exercise your spiritual muscles this morning. And I want you to do that by raising these mantles of yes and amen with me this morning. I'm going to give you a promise from God. And I want to ask, I know I can't hear you uh, right now where you're at, but I'm going to hear you um, saying yes and amen. The Bible tells us, I will never leave you or forsake you. Say with me, yes and amen. Amen. I'm going to prepare a place for you in heaven. Yes, and amen. I will heal the brokenhearted. Yes, and amen. Your sorrow will be turned to joy. Yes, and amen. Your momentary troubles achieve a glory that outweighs them all. Yes, and amen. You will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, and amen. And you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. And you might say, well, I wonder why he's asking us to uh, just... Uh, work out our spiritual muscles, so to speak, with the yes and amen, because I believe that the very shout of God's people many times can bring down walls and can bring down strongholds and even the oppression of the enemy that seeks to destroy God's people. And so this morning, I want to just remind you that when you are feeling down, when you are feeling low, when you know the enemy is against you because you are taking ground that has been his, you can find comfort and encouragement and inspiration by <laughs> claiming the promises that Jesus has given us and saying, Yes and Amen, so be it. Sometimes the very shout of the people of God has brought entire armies. To their knees. You can read about that in Joshua six, um, where it speaks of that. But also, sometimes it is called strongholds and walls to crumble. And our yes and amen, when we say that together, even in our own homes this morning, it's an agreement on of faith on the promises and the beliefs that we hold dear in our Lord Jesus. Ending a prayer with amen, by the way, I want to remind you is an act of faith. Every time we end our prayer. With amen, it's an act of faith. It means we believe what was said. It means we believe that our God is able to do what we are asking, and so much more. And even if he doesn't do exactly what we've asked, the amen says, I trust you, God, regardless, because you are able. In Mark chapter 10, it's where our our, uh, text comes from this morning. Mark chapter Ten. Uh, we read these words and, and and it's about a man who's well we know him as blind Bartimaeus and oh bartimaeus uh. We find ourselves with him in the same town that we found ourselves in last week with Jesus and a man named Zacchaeus. We're back in Jericho once again. Mark chapter ten will begin at verse forty six. But as as we as we read that first verse, verse forty six, it says, "Then they came to Jericho," and uh, and I just want to stop there for a moment. Those those words. And the reason, one of the reasons why I wanted you to sp- just exercise your spiritual voice this morning was because when I think of Jericho, I'm always reminded, just like with Zacchaeus, just like what we're going to see today with Bartimaeus, but also what we saw years and years and years before them, that walls seem to continually come down as Jesus is journeying through Jericho. Bartimaeus, uh, he was there in that town, and and just like last week with Zacchaeus, God was about to do something amazing in Bartimaeus' life. It was not the physical walls like we have spoke of, you know, with, uh, that have happened in, in, uh, when Israel marched around that city so many times, seven times, and... and uh, blew their trumpets and on that last day uh, those walls came tumbling down it wasn't exactly the same but there was a statement of faith that was being made that we're going to see today in Bartimaeus's life that brought down walls that were not only physical but also spiritual once again Jericho is this place where in the Old Testament we're given this vision of walls that come crumbling down but here's the thing, in the New Testament Jesus is fulfilling the law he is, he is becoming the consummation of the law and all of those stories that we see in the Old Testament and we begin to see how they come together and they are working for our good by seeing that you know, here's, here's a man who's had walls up in his heart and God is breaking them down verse 46. They came to Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples together, uh, they were there with a a large crowd and they were leaving the city. But as they were leaving the city a blind man, his name is Bartimaeus, which means uh, son of Timaeus. uh, He was sitting by the roadside and he was begging. You've seen people and probably as you've Going throughout at least Colorado Springs and other places, and you've seen those who are begging for a, a meal or some money or some type of help uh, to get through the day, and and oftentimes uh, we we may think as we look at individuals there, maybe not the most pleasant thoughts, maybe not the the things that uh, uh, maybe sometimes we don't even think as we as we see them that they are even uh, human in the sense of, you know, like they're just kind of uh, someone that's uh, living on the edge that that we don't understand and we don't really want to understand. And and we hear things like that a lot about those who are alongside of the road. It was not any different in this day and in this setting. Bartimaeus was... Uh, one of those guys that you would probably, if you're walking down that road, you would probably go out of your way, maybe to kind of go way around him. And, and, and not only was he begging, but he was also blind. Um, well, we, we read about him, and, and we kind of get this feel and this understanding of who he was. Probably not well kept. Uh, been sitting there for a long, long time. And people were just kind of pushed him into the margins. It says right here that uh, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth who was coming to, near him, that he began to shout, and he shouted, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me!" Many rebuked him. They kept pushing him to the side. They told him to be quiet. And he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus begins to speak into the situation, attitudes begin to change. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet. He came to Jesus And Jesus asked him these words, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I want us just to dive in a bit into this this story. And, And and again, understanding that the significance of the very beginning, the significance of being in Jericho, this place where where we understand that walls continually come down, sometimes uh, there might be some of us who are right now maybe feeling like we 're living in a Jericho situation where we know that there 's walls that maybe need to come down in our heart that need to come down in our in our in our life, that things are happening, and we we're just waiting. When is Jesus going to show up? Jericho is that place that reminds us that fortresses are conquered by praise and worship. I mean, think about that for a moment with me again as we go back to just you know, reiterating our our yes and our amen. It, it, we, we come here and we're not here today and we didn't sing any songs, but you might think, well, you know, part of why we sing songs, well, why do we do that on Sunday morning? Is it just kind of ritual? Is it just something that we just want to do as filler for, you know, before the sermon? Um, maybe you're thinking it's just, you know, to prime your spiritual pump, But uh, but here's the thing. I believe that praise and worship when you're singing songs of praise it's kind of that uh you're shouting your yeses and your amens and and i believe that it's truly an act of spiritual warfare when you sing god's praises you're rattling the gates of hell Walls are going to come down. We're taking a sledgehammer to spiritual strongholds and that abound the hearts of people around us when we sing and when we praise and when we worship. It's a one-two punch. You have praise on the one hand and, and praise is our songs, the lifting of our voices. It's a, it's a loud yes and amen. And our worship is how we serve. It's how we love and how we break down barriers and defeat the enemy's attacks by turning the other cheek. And it takes, by the way, a very strong man a very strong woman of God to do this, but it can be done when we're transformed and filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus and his disciples, they came to this Jericho, this town, this this place's very history declares the power of God. And, and then behind Bartimaeus, he is there. He lives there. He sits along the roadside. He's begging for a little money, hoping for a little relief. And you see, it was, this was not a time when uh, people who had any disability or handicaps, that they, they were given any helps. They were pushed into the margins. There was no braille, there was no one there to help him bathe, there was no one there to help with travel assistance, there was little to no social helps in that day. And, and here's the thing is that Bartimaeus had never met Jesus before. As far as we know, he had no, he had no prior knowledge of Jesus, but something inside of him rose up and, and something inside of him may shout maybe in his heart it seems like never before, like his very life depended on it. And he shouted, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. And I want you to understand the significance of that statement. When he said Jesus, he didn't just say Jesus. He said Jesus, Son of David. And what that is declaring is that Jesus is actually the Messiah. He's saying Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, he was already speaking faith into this situation. He, even though he couldn't see, had something within his heart that leapt within him and realized this, even though he couldn't see him face to face, is the Son of of God. People, as we read, they rebuked him. Shut up, you blind fool. Be quiet. You see, again, in this day, um, when someone would have a disability, people would whisper, I wonder what he did to deserve that. They would even at times, and we've seen this in scripture, we won't go there right now, but they would even at times blame the parents for what's happening to the kids physically, uh, people would do that. It was ignorant. It was not true. They would say things like, I always knew his parents were evil. Look how their sins cursed their son. Little did they know we are all under the curse of sin, every one of us. So when they looked at him, the, uh, most people would feel disgust. They would start yelling at him, and, but it didn't stop Bartimaeus. As a matter of fact, he began to shout even louder, it says here in the word. And, and, and who here remembers? I, I just want to just, uh, as you're sit, sitting there with me in, in your chair, who out there remembers the first time that you met Jesus? I don't know about you, but I, when I first met Jesus, I was so excited. Number one, I knew then that I was called to preach. I was seven years old. Then beyond that, I remember one time, we lived on a large acreage and we couldn't even see our ne- nearest neighbor. Uh they were probably at least a quarter mile to half a mile away from our home, but we uh, we lived in a wooded area and I was on my front porch and I knew I was called to preach. I remember my mom and one of her close friends coming home and they came home to watch me preaching off of the front porch to the squirrels and the birds and, and uh, whoever would listen. And of course they saw me and scared me to death. I was so embarrassed, but I couldn't stop. I knew this is what God wanted me to do. Even as a kid, I was practicing what God had placed within me. I would testify to my family and to my friends. People couldn't shut me up. Still can't. (laughs) Do you remember that first time when you met Jesus? Bartimaeus, he wouldn't shut up. He didn't give a rip what anybody thought. It's why it's so important that we acknowledge that we have all sinned, that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. If we don't acknowledge our sin, we don't realize how badly we need a Savior. and You can't help anyone who doesn't want help, and Jesus, he knows this. So he gets to Bartimaeus, and and Jesus uh, begins to speak with him, and he says this, he asks him this, this, what I think of, when I first first read it, I thought, this is the craziest question. Uh, He asked him, "Um, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, it, it's like Jesus was saying, do you really want to be well? Do you really want this? Bartimaeus didn't have to give it any thought. He didn't have to give it any time. He immediately stated, Jesus, I want to see. I want you to heal me of my blindness. And Jesus said immediately, go, your faith has healed you. And, and let me ask you, do you believe that God can do Miracles. I hope you're saying yes and amen right now to that. Jesus didn't say, though, in this moment, he, he didn't say, as we read this morning, I've healed you. He didn't say, kneel and kiss my ring or be on your way. He didn't say anything like that. He said, your faith has healed you. Do you believe is the question for you and I. And again, I hope you can say yes and amen. When God knows you want more of him than anything else, and hear what I'm saying now, when God knows you want more of him than anything else, that's when God shows up big. I'm going to say that one more time. When God knows that you want him and he knows your heart better than anyone, when he knows you want him more than anything else, that's when God shows up big. Matthew 6, it reinforces this. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. God knows you. God loves you. He does want good things for you. And he knows what you need better than you do yourself. Trust in him. Trust in him. I'll never forget. One of the places where I was at. A a guy. and uh, He had just lost his wife. And he was not sure that. Well his belief in God was wavering. I'll just put it that way. And. Not only had he lost his wife and just had that happen, but he had gotten to a place physically where he couldn't—he couldn't raise up straight. His back was hurting so bad, and his knees were hurting so bad, and and, and he'd had serious physical issues. And he said to his daughter, who uh, who also went to our church, he said, "I I really am not sure that God is with me through this process. I don't know that God is really here." I don't know. My faith is wavering. I, I, I'm I'm hurting. There's pain all the time. I've lost my wife. Where is God in the midst of all of this? And she said, "All I can tell you, Dad, is just just pray. Keep praying." And so, this doesn't always happen. But he said he he told me on a Sunday morning. He said after he his daughter said keep praying he said so i did he said and he said i honestly was not sure i was going to be able to get up and get back into bed because my knees hurt so badly but he said i knelt down by my bed and he said i began to pray and he said i i just began to feel better he said my knees felt better my back felt better and he and he, and he said and i just had this understanding it wasn't like you know, anything that, Uh, like angels descended or anything like that, he was telling me, he said, he said, I felt better because I knew I was in the presence of Jesus. Reminds me of that statement, take your shoes off when you are on holy ground. When Jesus comes walking by, you had better be ready to shout yes and amen because power is available to you through Jesus Christ our Lord. I read a story, and you can read about it too. It's in Second Kings thirteen twenty, and this amazing prophet of God, his name was Elisha. It it says that when he died, that he was so filled with the Spirit that even after he died, that the Spirit was still pulsing in his bones. I want to be filled with the spirit in that way so that when i die that people will even then know god was with this man i want that for you that god was with this woman and with this man that the spirit would still be in essence pulsing through your bones some people will say that jesus's final words as we know him uh, Where it is finished and and that's true he did speak those words and those were his final words from the cross Uh, that was a powerful amen when he said it is finished I commit my spirit to your hands father yes I will allow myself to be crushed for the iniquities of all people but those actually were not his final words here on earth his final words were actually a promise to you and me In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we read these words, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. This was Jesus' promise for his people and with that, don't forget the words that we started with today from 2 Corinthians one twenty. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. Today, I know that some of you have come through this week and maybe felt uh, just uh, drained and just... <laughs> not yourself. Maybe you've gone through this week and you're wondering a bit, or maybe your faith may be wavering and you might be asking yourself, where is God in the midst of this? Jesus, I just want you to pass by in my situation. And and why aren't you passing by here today? I want you to know that power is available to you through the Holy Spirit. And you can say yes and amen to that. You will be, and even in the midst of the hard times and the valleys, you still are Christ's witnesses. You can say yes and amen to that. But the question is that no matter how good or how bad things are going, or regardless of what the waves of life are throwing at us, the question is, just like the question was for Bartimaeus, do you believe? Do you believe? There's a couple of kids that lived in Florida, and I read the story a year or so ago. Their names are Tyler and Heather, and you can actually just, if you wanted to right now, even Google their names, Tyler and Heather, uh, St. Augustine, or something along those lines. Um, they'll come up. You'll see their picture there. But these two kids were on Senior Skip Day, <laughs> And Tyler and Heather were swimming uh, off the coast near St. Augustine. And, and, uh, and as they were swimming, they got caught up in a rip current. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. Um, I've experienced once in my life, and when I was a kid, we'd go to Ocean City, Maryland, and it was a little bit scary, but mine didn't pull me out very far. Thankfully, I was able to swim out of it. But these kids were caught in a rip current, and it actually took them two miles uh, offshore. They could see the shore. They could see uh, the buildings and the beach and all. But th- as hard as they tried, they could not. They were still in a current, and they could not get back to shore. They were stranded in the water for two hours. And then, um, probably like most of us, at the end of the rope, they be finally began to pray. <laughs> and uh, And the young man said, he said, and I quote, I cried out, I was like, if you really do have a plan for us, God, just come on, just bring something. <laughs> and he said, no joke, and you can read it again in that article, it's uh, WJAX, by the way, is the ones who, uh, knew the newscasters that shared the story. But anyway, uh, they, they cried out, God, if you're going to do something, just, just bring it now, just bring something. And they said right then, they didn't even hear it coming up to them, but they saw a sailboat coming right up next to them. The sailboat was for going to New Jersey, and it was heading uh, from southern Florida. And it spotted those two teens, the two miles offshore. And uh, their prayers were answered. And they were answered in the form of a boat, and and this boat, it was a godsend because, as, as he said, as I finished praying, he said, I looked up, and there I saw this boat, and on the side of the boat, in large gold letters, were the words, the Amen. The boat was called the Amen. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and they couldn't believe it, I, and, and they talked to the owner of the boat, and he said, yeah, I've been thinking of changing that name ever since I bought the boat, he said, but now after this story, I'm definitely not changing it, but the name of the boat is the amen, and Heather said, I started crying, she said, I began to thank God. I, it began to say, thank you, God, for saving us. And, and the first words, Tyler said, that came out of my mouth when they pulled us aboard was this, God is real. Oh, when you feel like you're sinking, when you're wondering, man, when is God going to pass by? When your faith feels weak, when people are yelling at you saying, shut up, you quit calling out to God, don't you just you know, behave yourself, keep crying out, keep looking, keep serving, keep moving on, keep doing what God is asking you to do, don't give up. If you're a person out there right now who's just feeling like I'm on the edge, I don't know if I want to keep going, I, I don't know if that I can continue to, 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 you know, to, to keep up appearances, I'm... Give it to the Lord. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep moving forward in Christ. Keep expecting him to show up because he is with you. Keep believing. The first words that came out of my mouth when they pulled me aboard, God is real. when there seems to be no hope (laughs) call out to God look to the cross Jesus, this journey with Jesus this series we're on continually is taking us to the cross and Jesus was going with the knowledge that he was moving towards the cross I want to ask you look to the cross don't give up your yes and amen resides with the God of the impossible who makes all things possible. Well, remember, Jesus is your yes. Jesus is your amen. Well, it's been good spending some time with you this morning. I hope you've enjoyed uh, just digging in a bit to the word today. It's a little unorthodox, and, uh, but Jesus is with us. Good things are happening. Good things are happening in our church. And even in the midst of all that happened this week, there were those of you that reminded me of why it's so good not only to be a Christian, but why it's so good to be a part of a family. Mike, uh, <laughs> um, he would tell me this week when I was over with Monty, and, and even times when I've called him, he tells me, uh, as he's called me as well many times, uh, uh, pastor, as he begins the, to close our conversation, I love you. And I said, I love you, Mike. I love you, Mike, today. Kathy, this week, in the midst of all that they're going through, she was so kind in the midst of all, I said, pastor, I, I love you. And I love you, Kathy, and I love you, Scott, and, and I'm thankful for you. And and I hear those words from you. Two weeks ago, I stood right there, and Jim Rumsey and I were face to face and doing the exercise that Eric told us to do. And Jim looked me in the eyes and said, Pastor, I love you. And I love you, Jim. I want you know, to know, church, that I love you. And today, as we are gathering together, even though we're apart, would you just maybe even right now say, I love you, Kendra. I remember you saying last week to me, Pastor, I love you. (laughs) I love you, Kendra, this morning. Uh, Here's the thing. When God's people are powerful, it's because they are truly loving God. They are truly loving one another. And they are truly in the business of making disciples. And that's what we're doing here. And good things are happening, church. Even in the midst of a pandemic, This church has given over $16,000 in this church year for missions because we believe in the mission of making disciples. We're also seeing good things happen right here in our community where we've been able to touch and help lives through ministries that are happening here. But I want you to know that that is what makes us powerful when we are calling out to Jesus in faith and in belief, saying, you know what? We're making a difference in Jesus' name. And so if you haven't heard it this week, those of you who are sitting there today watching, maybe you're in a hospital room, maybe you're in your living room, I don't know where you find yourself, but I want you to know church. I love you. But more importantly, Jesus loves you. And uh, I'm thankful for this church family. Woodland Life Church, you're a good group of people. God bless you. Stay warm. Enjoy your family today. Get close together. Enjoy some time together with God and with each other. And, uh, And before we close, I want to say a quick prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for your goodness, for your grace. We thank you, God, for your word that challenges us, that inspires us, that encourages us. Lord, I pray for that word of encouragement meant to just take root in the lives of your people and in your church today. We thank you, God for all that you have done, all that you're going to do. And Lord, we're asking that you will continue to use Woodland Life Church mightily, just as you have before. May it be even greater in our future as we are following you, loving you, God, loving others, and making disciples. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and we say this all in the powerful name of God with the word amen, because we believe this will be so. Uh, Well, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jerry and uh, for taking care of us this morning, and for Scott helping over the phone this morning with technical things. Uh, It's good to be a family in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a great day.